keep on talking in the free world. Good evening, kind sir. Greetings and salutations. Acknowledge him. Never. And new and still and unified tribal chief, we acknowledge. There's no we in that sentence. What Darren means is we. There is no we in that sentence. There will never be a we in that sentence. What a magnificent day two of WrestleMania. The conclusion was epic. Two men came in. One man came out. The greatest WrestleMania match of all time in the most stupendous WrestleMania. I mean, like we always do about this time, we start from the end and then we begin with the start. We must talk about... Oh... I'm still reeling. I'm still reeling. There's a lot that went on this evening, but we have to come with the conclusion. Like, it was quite the scene for this main event. It was. It was It was a scene, for sure. Um, it. It's not what I was wanting to happen. I explained this to you on the pre-show. This should never have been a match to unify championships. I'm not thrilled by it. It's not what I wanted. They gave it their best. Both men went at it 100% tonight. You know, um, it's not something that should have happened, though. I'm not impressed. We're now down to one main champion for both shows. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think it's the right move at all. GSP, I'm not impressed. <laughs> I'm truly not. I'm truly not impressed. I don't think it's the right decision to make, and I don't think it'll last very long. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Well, WWE Universe, this is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show before and after every Monday Night Raw every SmackDown Live on Friday nights, and every pay-per-view. And tomorrow we begin a new season for WWE when we start it all over again. Yes, there is a de facto day one on January 1st, but this is the beginning of a new season starting tomorrow. And I am proud to say that this is the inaugural Talk That Talk WrestleMania 
weekend and we look forward to many more so i want to just translate for the wwe universe what darren said what what he meant was he was absolutely enamored by the final match and he enjoyed it thoroughly and we're going to get right down to business is that the correct interpretation darren or do i have that uh, you know something lost in translation there I am not happy. That match, I will give it to them. They did what they had to do. They they came out. They beat the shit out of each other. I'm not happy at the result. We we we're we're, we're putting belts. We're 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 throwing away belts. For what reason? This is where I have. This is where I've had the issue from day one. Everyone says, you included, we need more belts. WWE, on the other hand, turned around and says, no, we don't. We're going to make one gigantic champion and call it a day. He's going to be the champion of both brands. Okay, let, let's not get crazy here. So, uh, agreed. So, I've been saying from the beginning about my feelings about more belts, not less belts. But that's a conversation for perhaps somewhere throughout the show or another day. We need to react, uh, you know, with all due respect, we need to react to what we just saw here. We had a main event here that just shook the world up, blew the roof off the place. We had, uh, first of all, they started off. Uh, they started off with... Only four men have held the belt longer than Roman Reigns, which we've already known. But I mean, it just it it, it needs to be repeated over and over and over again. Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, Bruno San Martino, a who's who, right? And then you got Roman Reigns, and not the Undertaker, not Brock Lesnar, not John Cena, not anyone else. Roman Reigns. Then I didn't like the fact that Roman Reigns was first. To be honest, you know they come up with this stat. And then Roman Reigns is the first one to enter the ring. I don't understand why that was. And uh, again, lack like let me just correct myself. Not lackluster, but the same entrance that we've seen. However, the crowd was electric, you know, to a certain extent. But electric, I think, is appropriate. And you know, when Roman Reigns and the Bloodline came down, and uh, Special Counsel Paul Heyman, there, there was, you know, there was a moment. There was definitely a wrestle moment. There was a big wrestle moment, WrestleMania moment feel to it, and uh, I loved it. The crowd did erupt, and uh, it, it was. Listen, it was worthy of a WrestleMania entrance. And, of course, when Brock came down, uh, the crowd went insane as well. I felt good for Brock. He was embracing the moment. You saw him smiling. Very different demeanor than Brock has that Brock had this evening, uh, you know, as opposed to previous WrestleManias, if you will. Uh, he really embraced it. But uh, it, it was it was quite the scene. It was quite the scene. Another stat they threw out, Roman Reigns not been pinned or submitted since December 2019. And then, Darren, come on, how about, uh, like, instead of, like, I want to go through this match completely and thoroughly, but I want to stop uh, at different parts, even though I know you're going to, you know, try to, you know, throw a damper on things. I still want to throw it back and forth. I want to get your thoughts and feelings throughout this this match. So I would say is that after we got the entrances, we had, of course, Paul Heyman 
as he always does, grab the mic from this nerd that was announcing, and then Paul Heyman give Pro- Roman Reigns the proper introduction that he deserved. But you have to give it to Brock Lesnar. You know, smiling from across the ring, all the while knowing that he was going to do the same. And like I've said a million times, Brock Lesnar is in his finest form. Charismatic as can be, comfortable as can be. Who knew? Who? 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 Who knew? I mean, and he delivered his introduction seamlessly. And, you know, bell rings, Brock takes the gloves off. Please give me your thoughts on the entrances, the crowd, the atmosphere, main event, WrestleMania. I know it's day two, but this is the main event of WrestleMania, period. And we got entrances. We got Roman. We got Brock. We got Paul Heyman introducing. We got Brock introducing himself. Please share your thoughts on all of this. Entrances again were so-so for me. I didn't. Uh, they they were nothing special. Roman comes out with Tweedledee and Tweedledum and Mister Dick like always. There's nothing special about it. Brock walks down on his own. He's smiling. He's quite happy. There was there was nothing special there for me that made it look or made it fantastic. It it didn't do nothing for me. Like unless you're going to go around saying that you know Paul. Uh, Brock Lesnar's pyro was fantastic. Sure, if that's really what you like to look at, but yet again, it was it was nothing that was enjoyable to watch. I didn't, you know, there was a. From what I can remember, I think I liked out of all of it one entrance tonight so far. That being said, we'll get to it later. But that this entrance tonight was not the greatest for the main event. Now, who came out first? I. I don't know how they decided that. I, I, I don't know. I didn't personally care. They were both champions. Um, see, the, the thing here, though, with this is these men, they gave it all. Don't get me wrong. They really did. Parts of it I enjoyed. Most of it I didn't because I, I was not happy with the way the situation was going to work out here. I don't think think this was the biggest match of all times. I I highly disagree with anybody that says this. Wow. Okay. So we we can't let – I got got nothing but love for dangerous Darren Davis, but we can't let him piss on our parade, man. Like, this final match was off the hook. Like, literally, no pun intended, off the hook. At the signal is busy on Twitter. Talk that talk. The official live fan reaction call-in show often imitated, never duplicated. You know, you got a lot of people out there doing post shows, talking, talking to hear themselves talk. We're breaking down every moment. We're taking calls throughout the show. And, you know, I got to I got to respectfully disagree. A hundred and fifty million percent. Yes, it was uh, an entrance for both of them. The same as we're accustomed to seeing as far as how they, you know, how they present themselves. And I've been highly critical throughout WrestleMania on that. But this is the main event. This is Roman Reigns. This is Brock Lesnar. Finally, the crowd was showing a little bit of love and. 
Uh, I was feeling it 100%. When Roman came down with the Usos and Paul Heyman, Bloodline, Wise One, Special Counsel, it was a moment. It was absolutely a moment. And then when Brock Lesnar came out, he came out like we haven't seen him before. Comfortable as can be, smiling. It was a moment. I had chills. I had chills from the response from the crowd. I had chills for both of their introductions. And uh, it, it got set off right from the beginning. I love the fact that Brock took his gloves off to begin the night. And, you know, he was ready to get it on. Brock was not fooling around. Like I said, Brock, you know, you can no longer say Brock's a part-timer. Brock has been all in for a long time. And he was abusing Roman early. You know, and then we're outside the ring. And then Paul Heyman, I kind of got, I got a little bit worried. I, I can't lie. I got a little bit worried when Paul Heyman was, you know, asking Brock for forgiveness and saying that, I, I, I'm paraphrasing now, but I'm coming back to you. And like, you know, he, he even had me fooled a little bit. I thought we were going to see a turn, turning of the tides again. And, you know, Paul Heyman flip-flops like a fish being hauled into a boat. So I was genuinely worried. Um, but. I will say this, is that, you know, true to form, as of late, Paul Heyman stuck by the tribal, he, tribal chief, acknowledge him. We had Roman Spear out of nowhere, and, you know, Brock barely got in there for the count of three, uh, count of ten, sorry. He barely got in there, he beat the count, then we had one Superman punch, two Superman punches. Roman Reigns talking about, I'm the greatest of all time. And then all of a sudden, you know, I thought that, you know, it would have been an early exit. You know, it, it kind of gave me a flashback of when I was in the house when Survivor Series was in Toronto. And then Oldberg and that scumbag, you know, finished off Brock. How quick was it, Darren? Uh, somewhere around, what, 48 seconds or something like that? Yeah, so, I mean, he was in and out, right? And and then I I was fearful of that happening, uh, not because uh, I didn't want uh, Roman to win, but just because I didn't want to see an early exit. Then Brock's laughing. We saw a third Superman punch attempt, but, you know, Brock caught him. Suplex City, one, two, three. Then we saw Brock grab his ribs, and, you know, we all know that Brock has diverticulitis, we all know that uh, anyone who's followed Brock's career, you know, it was a horrific scene when he took on, uh, wow, I forget his name now. If anyone knows, we appreciate all the love, appreciate everyone tuning in. This is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show. I know everyone's fired up for WrestleMania, but we're here before and after every Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-view. I forget who it was that Brock faced in the UFC uh, who I can't stand, and I thought he was going to win, and he gave him a you know a, a shot a shot to the abdomen, and then Brock just crumbled, and that was that was the beginning of the end of his career in the UFC, and then you know he was rushed in for surgery, and then lo and behold he had diverticulitis, and he had to have emergency surgery to save his life. So I was kind of fearful of that this evening, to be honest. When you know he grabbed his abdomen, I know these guys on the mic uh, on the commentator uh, commentary were talking about his ribs, but I immediately went to that in my mind. But uh, thankfully, that wasn't it. Then Roman escapes the uh, F five, then another Superman punch, and then you know uh, we had Brock catch him, get him in the F five, but then two. 
And then the crowd, of course, the crowd was, I mean, we're going to go through the whole gamut for everyone that's in here. Uh, we go through every single iota of the show. Uh, commercials, promo segments, uh, bits and pieces, things that we've observed and, uh, want to take everyone's calls, everyone's comments. Please comment in the, or, you know, throw your comments in there. Let us know when you want to talk. We want to bring everyone in and hear what they have to say. So, uh, the crowd, we'll get back to it, but, you know, I was feeling them at that point in time. And then we had the close-up with the eye rake from Roman. Referee's down. Roman gives him the low blow. Heyman passes him the belt. I thought that was party over. You know, and then two again. So there was some back and forth. And, of course, Brock got him in the arm bar. Uh, Roman grabs the ropes. And then, you know, Heyman is pleading with Roman saying, you're my tribal chief, your legacy, your family. And then Roman's talking about, looks like Roman's shoulder was dislocated. And however, he musters up enough, musters up enough strength, does a reversal from the F5, gets him in the spear, one, two, three, and new and still. So, and unified. I thought it was phenomenal. Now, I could nitpick. I'm not going to. I nitpick all the time, and I normally would, but not tonight. Uh, tonight, I should say I will, but not for this match. This is Roman Reigns. I'm here now. I got the belt. I got the WWE Heavyweight Championship belt strapped over my arm. I got the Roman Reigns standee in the house. I'm living large. I'm feeling good. Riding high. And uh, I thought it was a great way to end WrestleMania. You did have my, me fired up early. You know, for anyone that I'd love to hear what everyone says in the comments. You know, dangerous Darren Davis a.k.a. Darren Churchill, Shane Kelly's in the house, a.k.a. Clubber Shang, bang, bang. Darren uh, sent me an offline message saying that The Rock's mother was in the house. And then I saw, I think I saw someone in the comments, yeah, uh, best thing was the shot of Dwayne in that luxury box, if you blinked, you missed it. Brian Garber put that in the comments. Is that true? I didn't see that. Not discounting Brian, but I really didn't see that. Uh, Brian Garber also said 48 seconds in and out. That's what she said. That, 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 well, okay, let's not get crazy, Brian. Um, so, so the point was was that uh, for you know that when you said that to me, I was thinking about that. Just like you know, the last night they had us thinking about the Undertaker showing up. I really thought maybe we were going to see the Rock show up and, and lay the foundation for next year. But all in all, for me, you know, I know I'm skipping around. I know we have you know some some order that we have to keep to. But for me, I'm giving that match a ten out of ten, and loved every second of it. That's all I have to say for anyone in the comments and then for Darren and for Off the Hook and for the WWE Universe. Acknowledge. Never. Never in a million years will I do that. I've told you this many times. I will not acknowledge that. And I refuse to. We will see what happens tomorrow on Raw when it comes to this unifying championships. I'm interested to see what this belt looks like. I'm interested to see how this is going to go. I am not happy about it. And I'm moving on. Well, I'm sorry. Just before you move on. Yeah, agreed. Like, you know, we, we not, I mean, uh, again, I'm interested to hear what everyone says in the comments. I'm not for, so, okay. So I've said my piece about this main event. I am not for, um, 
abolishing titles on both shows. I'm for elevating. Uh, like, here's what I would love to see. This is not going to happen, but I would love to see it. The WWE Heavyweight Championship is the belt we all know and love. It's the belt, for all intents and purposes, in my mind, that is that replaced the old school Eagle Belt. And so this is the belt we all love. This is the belt that's been distributed by Triple H throughout the sports world. And it's synonymous with the WWE now. And then if they take this belt out of circulation, I'll be heartbroken. I have to be honest. I really will be heartbroken. I'm contemplating starting to carry this motherfucker around with me everywhere I go. And now they're going to take it away? You know, it took me forever and a day to pull the trigger to buy this thing. And now, nothing? I don't want that. And uh, again, uh, please weigh in in the comments. All jokes aside, this belt has become synonymous with the WWE, and they've done a phenomenal job in branding it as such. I think if we're going to do anything, elevate this belt to the unified title, and then, again, I know they're not going to do this, and then keep the Raw and SmackDown heavyweight belts, and we need intercontinental Raw and SmackDown belts. I'm all for abolishing the U.S. title and then coming up with a different title for Raw and SmackDown, but if they're hell-bent on keeping the the United States championship, then on the other brand, put maybe a world championship. And then so we have U.S. Uh, you know, we're here for we broadcast live from downtown Toronto. This is where Off the Hook is located. We got love for the entire world, and of course we have love for the United States. Uh, and I mean, so if the U.S. belt remains, then give us a U.S. versus the world. Uh, uh, that would be great as well. And I'm, you know, I'm not looking forward to how these belts are all going to unfold tomorrow. And I want to see the women's division mimic that. And again, I know we're not going to get that, but that those are my asks. So, uh, Darren, we got we got a lot of people in the house tonight. We appreciate all the love. It's WrestleMania season, so although we appreciate all the love, uh, we you know I know that there's a tendency for a lull to come after WrestleMania. Traditionally, years ago, it wasn't like that. And I mean, you know, as of late, it has been like that. There's no reason for it. And, you know, you tune into who you want to tune into. But I say that because, you know, Talk That Talk is the official live fan reaction call-in show. We're here before and after every Raw, before and after every SmackDown, and before and after every pay-per-view. And to keep up to date on all things that involve that, follow Off The Hook on Twitter at The Signal Is Busy. And we'd love to have everyone here. We'd love to have everybody calling in. We'd love to take everybody's calls. And, you know, there's no reason to abandon ship throughout the year. You know, it's steady. That's the beauty of wrestling is it never stops all year round. So I'd love to see everyone return because I'd love to hear everyone week in and week out. And another fun thing that we've been working on trying to get everyone to weigh in on is that Every week, if you follow off the hook on Twitter at the signal is busy, we put the hashtag out for everyone to either take a picture or a short video and tweet it out of yourself watching Raw, SmackDown, or the pay-per-view with your homemade sign. We gotta bring the signs back. I have to say is that I don't know if some of these signs were manufactured. Some of them looked a little bit too polished for me, but Anyone who, you know, lived through the Attitude Era, the signs, and they were all homemade, it was absolute fucking chaos and pandemonium. 
And I mean, it was just a fucking sea of signs every single night, day in and day out. And it just created the most fucking, I don't know, unbelievable atmosphere in addition to the electricity of the crowd. I felt a little bit of that tonight. Although the crowds, you know, fell short for WrestleMania, I did feel a little bit of return of the signs, which were always promoting on Off the Hook. But... Even if some of them were manufactured and uh, distributed, I don't know. Again, some of them look too polished, but I still appreciated this. Uh, Darren, please, uh, we got 28, 27 people in the house, which, you know, we're grateful for. Hopefully that everybody, you know, is enjoying the recap afterward. You know, we all have so much to say and we're all riding high. Please weigh in in the comments. Please send your request to speak so we can put you on. And uh, Darren's going to bring us through everything from top to bottom. Take it away. So we, we start off WrestleMania with the America the Beautiful again. Uh, again, like last night, I don't think it was the greatest. I was not impressed by this one again uh, by Jesse James Decker. Not not my thing. I, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it last night either. Um I don't know who these clowns are that these guys are finding to sing this, but whoever they are, they were terrible all weekend long. Um, and then we... Sorry, so let, so let me just interject. So I, I have to respectfully disagree there. Uh, last night, you know, I spoke about, you know, how, you know, I, I always have the highest bar set. Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, America the Beautiful, you know, those, their renditions still sit with me today. Uh, like, believe it or not, I listened to Aretha Franklin, America the Beautiful from WrestleMania. I've listened to that numerous times. I listened to that as recently, I don't know, a few months ago. And, I mean, that is something that gives me chills to this day. Uh, last night, I get it. They went country. It's Dallas, Texas. So I respect that. And certainly we got love for Dallas. We got love for Texas. But uh, it, it didn't give us... There was no, there was no emotional attachment. Uh, I respectfully disagree. Tonight, I thought I even made notes in my notes. I put, "We're off to a great start." I had chills. I had goosebumps. There was soul in that America the Beautiful. I enjoyed it. We're not talking it's the greatest rendition of all time, but uh, I really did enjoy it, and it set the night off right because, you know, for all of us diehards, we're looking at every single aspect of it, and I really was wondering, A, were they going to do America the Beautiful again? They should have, and they did, but I, I was wondering. And then, B, who are we going to get, and how is it going to resonate? I loved it. I, I, I really did. It, it gave me chills. Well, hey, listen, if, uh, you know, everyone thinks of their own, everyone has their own opinion, right? So I wasn't a fan of it um, from both nights. I didn't enjoy it. Um, they really could have found somebody a bit better to do it, I thought, in my opinion. So then we go on. Um, of course, you know, we had the the Mark Wahlberg video again, like we did last night. Still not sure why they had him do it. Um, he has nothing to do with Dallas, Texas. I'm pretty sure they could have found something, somebody else to do this. Wasn't a fan of that last night. Not a fan of it again tonight. Um, and then, you know, what a great way to start WrestleMania with the game and Triple H. You know, making his way down to the ring, doing the the whole spit of water thing that he always does. I loved that uh, he went over. He gave his daughters a hug. You know, they were very good. And then, you know. It, it it sort of 
it reminded me that moment of The Undertaker when he left his boots, his hat, his jacket in the ring. And that's what this moment felt like again tonight with Triple H leaving his boots in the ring. Because as we know, he did announce last week that he is officially retiring from in-ring. Um, from in-ring. So he will no longer be wrestling as he can't due to um, uh, huge issues uh, with health last year. So I was very impressed with that tonight with what he's done. Um, and kudos to him for doing it. Congratulations on the retirement. We will miss you, but let's keep up the good work in the back that you've been doing because we know that uh, you know what you're doing back there. So that's all we can ask for. Any thoughts on that uh, event, Shane? Absolutely. So, I mean, I was really, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I was not expecting Triple H to come out. We've talked about entrances. Entrances have been a common theme throughout this WrestleMania week. We talk about that often on Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show, but we've really drilled down on it. You know, I know that we don't like the, the way that they're coining this, but on WrestleMania Raw, pre and post, and WrestleMania SmackDown, pre and post after the Hall of Fame on Talk That Talk, we really drilled down on the entrances. We chatted a lot about it, and I don't know, I think we might have left the Triple H's out and as far as like not saying triple h could do the entrance and leave and us feel satisfied under normal circumstances but tonight we certainly do given the health concerns and the fact that he had to retire so i was blown away i was not expecting it and we pride ourselves on keeping up with all the rumors and news as everyone else does but just because we don't choose to bring all of it to the forefront doesn't mean we're not aware of it. Sometimes it's applicable, sometimes it's not. So sometimes we like to live in the moment and and allow ourselves to do that. So it was unexpected for me. I was pleasantly surprised. You know, without getting too philosophical, life is precious. You know, life is precious. As I get older, every day, you need to be grateful for. No matter how young you are or how old you are, it's not about, you know, you don't have to think about death every day, but you you have to be grateful. And, I mean, if you weren't thinking about that when Triple H was doing his ring walk, then you're not human. Everybody knows that Triple H would have loved to have had many more matches, and he's got lots in him sporadically, even if it's every WrestleMania. And I'm sure he's heartbroken that he's not able to do that. You know, for him making that ring walk... Uh, I enjoyed it. It was an emotional moment. Uh, he really gave, he really delivered for everyone in attendance. You know, uh, I got a buddy of mine that's down there with his son. I don't know if anyone in the comments knows anyone who's in the building, but I mean, wow. You're, whoever was, whoever went to this WrestleMania, especially on the heels of COVID, and now, you know, it's the first WrestleMania with everyone returning, and then. I know that we we don't like the two-day WrestleMania, Darren and I. Again, please weigh in in the comments. But for anyone there, you got... I mean, we'll, we'll revisit all this, and it's not, you know, it's, there's no spoiler alerts. Everyone saw WrestleMania. You got the... Un, for anyone who bought the whole weekend, you got The Undertaker three times. Hall of Fame on Friday night, day one and day two. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin two times. You got Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. You got Triple H. You got Vince McMahon. 
I mean, you were just treated to the who's who of, you know, unfortunately, some people are no longer with us anymore, but the who's who of a lot of greats, and they really delivered. And Triple H gave us everything we wanted. I love the fact that, uh, you know, the crowd, Darren, what do you think? I mean, the crowd, again, left a lot to be desired tonight, but certainly leaps and bounds ahead of the crowd last night. Um, so they were, you know, they gave Triple H a huge response. And then they they said, I'm just ch- checking my notes here. They, ch- they chanted Triple H. Thank you, Hunter. And then, you know, he was soaking it all in. I love the fact that he said, I want to come out here and just say thank you and to show you my love the best way I know how. Welcome to WrestleMania. And then... Uh, left uh, to your point, left his boots and the mic in the ring, and then hugs and kisses to his family, high fives to the crowd. Uh, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a great way to start WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely, it was fantastic. And like you said, the crowd. Th- there were times where they could have been better, but they were a hell of a lot better than the crowd that was there last night. That's for sure. And, you know, to give, you know, the chance that they were shouting tonight for Triple H at the beginning here was fantastic. It was great to see. It was great to hear. So I was very impressed by that. Um, and it was a great moment for him, you know, uh, with with doing what he did to have his daughters in the front row. So it, it was really nice. And, uh, you know, we will... We would have loved to have seen him wrestle a few more matches, and we're not going to get that, and it's a shame. But you know what? I'd rather him look after his health than you know try and entertain us personally. Yeah, and let's be honest. He had a storied career, and again, not to get too you know emotional, but you know these are the facts. I mean, this man almost died. This man lived a dream, worked hard for it, and realized his dreams and deserved every bit of of the, you know, adoration that he got for putting in the work and he entertained us all. But, you know, this man almost died. This this is a guy married with, with children. And uh, for him to come through that, this guy's a pacemaker. You know, like, and for him to come through all of that... You know, he's just happy to be alive. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure if someone was to interview Triple H, this would arguably, arguably be the greatest wrestling moment in the history of his life, if you were to ask him. I don't know. I mean, who knows? But the fact that he's still alive and that he was able to come down to the ring walk one more time, it was an emotional time. And uh, the part I loved about it the most, it was unexpected. I don't know, Darren, if you if you heard about this online prior to this, but I didn't. It was It was a complete shock. Yeah, I had no idea that Triple H was coming here tonight. Um, I was in shock when his music hit because I was not expecting it. I was expecting, you know, we were going right to the first match. Um, so to have him come when he did, that was it was a it was a nice surprise. It was a hidden surprise, and it was one that never actually got leaked, as far as I know. So it it was nice to to actually be able to have that surprise um, for tonight. Let's get, yeah, absolutely. Let, let's, let's get into it, man. So, of course, we've got the, the uh, triple threat uh, match for the uh, Raw Tag Team Championships, which is RK Bro versus the Street Profits versus, versus the Alpha Academy. Uh, thank you. Choo! 
And uh, let's be honest, man. I highly enjoyed this match. I thought this was fantastic. It was entertaining. It was back and forth. And, of course, you know, RK Bro retained, which I was so happy for to see that. And uh, can't wait to see what happens with these guys because these guys are fantastic. Not saying the other two tag teams aren't. Um, And, of course, you know, you did have, you know, you had a great match. and then you had the whole issue with with Chad Gable at the end there with the cups and, you know, chucking them off of uh, Gable Steveson's hands and he got into it with them. And so I thought it was all very entertaining. Um, I am hoping, you know, now that Gable is in this and has been a part of something like this tonight that we're actually going to get him. Like, is he actually going to show up tomorrow night on Raw, potentially take on a match with 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 uh with Gable here like are we going to see something going on because you know we've heard so much about this man um for for months on end now i'm truly hoping you know to see him i'm getting kind of sick of hearing about him just like i am veer or like we're finally going to get veer tomorrow night um so no i highly enjoyed this and i'm i'm very ecstatic that rk bro retained uh, listen, I have no use for Gable. Uh, what remains to be seen about Veer, but I certainly have no use for either one of them being introduced tomorrow. I think you're right. I think, you know, unfortunately, I think that, you know, a, a portion of Monday Night Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania is going to be dedicated to this nonsense. Not looking forward to that at all. I'm looking forward to Raw after WrestleMania, of course, but those particular portions on the heels of WrestleMania. I'm not looking forward to doing a hard 180. We've talked about this before and then going in the exact opposite direction of, uh, of what has just transpired this evening. I would much prefer a continuation. And then the WWE has the audacity. What are we calling the next pay-per-view? It's the, what is it, Darren? WrestleMania, WrestleMania something? backlash. Right. So you have the audacity to include WrestleMania in the next pay-per-view. Meanwhile, you do a hard 180 the very next day, less than 24 hours later. And, you, you know, how are we supposed to appreciate that? That being said, here's what my takeaway for this was, was that you had, we got the unexpected Triple H music hitting. I forgot how much I loved Triple H's music. You know, I've talked about this before. Is that when uh, the very when road when they started this road to WrestleMania home show tour throughout North America, and when they came to Toronto, that was the first one put on WWE Network, and it was and it was uh, transitioned into an actual not a pay per view, but uh, I guess uh, you know a pay-per-view-esque event, if anyone remembers that. And that's one I've spoke about many times that I was at. And Triple H and Brock Lesnar and Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose and Natalia are all on the chairs that I was lucky enough to get, which I loved. And anyway, Triple H was there. In person, I spoke to you about this before, Darren, is that, you know, in the DX era, Triple H, you know, DX was bigger than life. And not saying that Triple H wasn't on his own, but a tier below. A tier below the the be all to end all iconic superstars, but when you're in person and his music hits and he and he spits that water out and then he knows how to go up on the top rope and play the crowd and he's bigger than life. He really is. And I felt that that moment. That was I don't know six seven years ago. So we got that. And then when he left, all of a sudden, what's the first music to hit? 
Randy Orton's music. And when Randy Orton's music hit and you hear I Hear Voices, I mean, another iconic entrance song. And I loved it. It just it just had me into a frenzy right away. I love the fact that Randy Orton really he spoke on it before. And you know, we all know the stories that he said he's having I, I took him for I took him for his word. He said, you know, he said openly what, what was it on was it on Raw Darren or was it on a pay per view? I can't remember when he said this is the best time I'm ha- of all the years I've spent in WWE. I'm paraphrasing now, but this is the best time of my life when he gave genuine credit to 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 Riddle. It was a heartfelt moment. You remember that, right? I do remember. I just can't remember where it was located though. Right. So but it was in ring, right? And and we felt that. The WWE universe certainly felt that. I certainly did. And and you felt, you know, Randy was smiling and you felt the love. And you, like I've said, I said it on the pre-show. I've said it many times. I'll repeat it again here tonight. Is that, you know, uh, Riddle plays his part. He has res- the utmost respect for Randy Orton, so he should. But he also commands the respect and gets the love reciprocated from Randy that, that Randy professes uh, so profoundly through to the WWE universe because Riddle also stands his ground and he contributes just as much. So uh, I really enjoyed that. Again, very simplistic entrances. I don't want to, I'm going to talk about the entrances at the end, but again, these are all straightforward entrances, no bells and whistles, which is very disappointing. But because we were back to back, like iconic, ent- uh, iconic music hitting from two legends, I was happy with that. Uh, Corey Graves it has got on my nerves all WrestleMania weekend. Tonight was no exception. But you know he he was pretty fucking pimped out in the white suit with the roses. And Byron is always big pimping in his suits. Jimmy Smith has got to go. Jackie Redman, Renee Young, get one of them on the commentary table on Raw. Get one of them on the commentary table on SmackDown. We need three people on each and we need a woman on each uh but both of these guys were pimped out i appreciated that street profits came in uh these were my favorites going in i was looking forward to this match regardless as were you this was one of the matches that you and i both highlighted street profits again run-of-the-mill entrance which was you know the same entrance that they always have really wanted more but uh you know it, it is what it is uh and then we had Alpha Academy's entrance, of course. So, I mean, we got to get into this match a little bit, Darren, don't we, with the details as far as, like, you know, we, we talked about this and, and how this was all going to work out and that it was going to, we were expecting big things from this match. Montez Ford, Moonsault outside the ring. We had Otis. Here's here's something for for everybody is that, I don't know how people feel about this, and, and this is could be, you know, Everyone might just hang up on us for this comment, and I certainly don't mean it disrespectfully. I'm just throwing it out there. Is that the Alpha Academy in the beginning, to me, was just pathetic, a joke, no use for it. Then, you know, like you know, like the WWE superstars should, they put in the work and they captured our hearts with a couple things here and there, and they really did earn my respect. And to that, Darren, I think you and I both say to the WWE, WWE Universe, what should we say? Uh, thank you! Josh! And they really did. All jokes aside. So when Otis pulled off that early power move, I think it was a clothesline or, or a spinning elbow or something along those lines, I can't really remember, is that, you know, don't everyone tell me to F off in the comments 
but uh, it gave me, like, dare I say, they're not this, but back in the day, the Heart Foundation, Brett the Hitman had, I laugh when I say this because I know anyone who grew up in that era is just completely going to tell me to go F myself right now, but Brett the Hitman has technically sound obviously in, in, in great physical shape jim the anvil night jim the anvil Nightheart, uh you know god rest his soul thoughts and prayers to his friends and family and certainly my heart goes out to natalia i know and my heart goes out to bret hart losing owen and jim the anvil but powerhouse and technically sound as well but a powerhouse nonetheless is that uh for some reason that flashed into my mind and i thought to myself wow you know what? Maybe if not that they're do, not doing fantastic because they are, but if they real Otis needs to lose some weight, he does. And if they really continue to hone their skills, tighten it up even more in, in, in their appearance and their outfits, and really, really tightened, 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 and, and kept working, and maybe it, maybe added a couple other things in, and then they really need some some tag team finishing moves, a la the heart attack. You know. They could even take it up another notch. Before I continue with my rundown of that match, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Darren. And if I'm totally out of line, uh, like I understand, but I just have to tell it like, a, like I see it. That really did pop into my mind at that exact moment for some reason. I, I, I would say you went a little too far there, yeah, for sure, with the whole Bret Hart and Hart Foundation situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to go tell you to go F yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm, I love the hearts, but I'm not that big for that. So no, but you did go a little too far with that. They are good. They do. They could work, you know, if they work better, they work more, they could do what you said. And for sure they do need some kind of tag team finishing here. Like most tag teams do, but you know, you and I, we were, we weren't for them at the beginning. And, uh, I know a few people, that I've read on comments and everything that weren't either, but they've grown on us. They they've given us reasons to like them. Um, am I absolutely, you know, in love with them or like, you know, thingy for them? No, they, 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 they are good. They keep me entertained. You know, they're not as bad as I thought they were at the beginning. I have learned to like them. And I think, like you said, if they work more, they get better. They will do a lot better. And uh, I, I do hope that for them because, you know what, they, they could do very well if they continue to work um, on themselves for sure. Yeah, and it's fair. It's fair. I mean, that's what I felt. And, and I got to be honest, and I always want to just sort of wear my heart on my sleeve. I always want to lay it out there. And uh, I do appreciate where you're coming from as well. So I wanted to get that out. You know, Riddle took a lot of abuse early. And then we had, you know, Angelo Dawkins flying over the top rope. I like that because, you know, Montez Ford, I've, I've you know, sang his praises and rightfully so, Street Profits in general. But uh, Angelo Dawkins had his moment when he flew over the top rope. Um, Randy Orton, you know, he was working inside and outside the ring. And then just went, you know, for some reason, I don't know why this popped into my head as well. When Randy had them outside the ring, and slammed, I don't know who it was on the table, I thought to myself, where are the international, where are the international commentary desks? Like every, I don't know if every pay-per-view, but I thought the big four, and then certainly WrestleMania, I mean, first of all, we had at least three on the floor, 
you know, from different countries. And then they would bring us into quote unquote media row or up on, you know, further on the stage, what have you, where we had all the commentary desks from different countries. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if I missed that, but to my knowledge, none of that either night. Did you see it? No, um, I don't. I, I think they've stopped that whole thing completely on having all of them there um, because they haven't been there, God, for a while now. So I don't think they they've stopped they've stopped having them there. They went there. Sorry, Darren. They went there last. Last WrestleMania was kind of an anomaly. Was last WrestleMania in an empty building? I can't remember now. No, last last WrestleMania was the first year that they had a full a full stadium. Of people, um, but no, they weren't there. I, I I can't remember the last time the Spanish guys were ringside. And maybe it has something to do with you know just traveling restrictions from last year. Um, I don't know. Anyway, that popped into my mind. But then you know I love. Come on, man. I mean, Randy and, and Riddle with the double RKOs off the ropes or double DDTs off the ropes, I should say. And then they both spun around, and it looked like it was just lights out. Then, and of course, you know. Uh, Chad Gable and uh, Otis dragged them out. Then we had Montez off the top rope with the somersault stunner. And two! It was just total chaos at that stage. And then you had... Uh, you called this. You called this on Talk That Talk. The pre-show, you called, you know, what if we get an RKO out of nowhere? I mean, you know, you know that's how it could go down. I called the Street Profits to win. You called RK-Bro. And then you specifically called an RKO out of nowhere. I will say, to my credit, I said, what if uh, I threw it out there, even though I called the Street Profits, what if we had, because Montez Ford's, you know, frog splash is, you know, out of this world, and he reaches heights that no one's reached. And, you know, I was like, what if he gives him an RKO out of nowhere off of that? Turns out it was similar to that, but it was off of... um Chad Gable, right? Yes, it was off of Chad Gable. Um, and who, hey, got to love an RKO out of nowhere, man, because that those are always the greatest, greatest things. Because um, especially those high-flying ones, those the amount of times Randy Orton has pulled that off in his career with a high-flying RKO, and they are incredible to watch. And I love them. They really are. And I just love them because you never know. Like they say, it's out of nowhere, right? So, and he catches them right when they think they're about to pull that move off. He catches them and down they go. RKO. It really is. It never gets old. It never gets old for me. I could talk about it until the cows come home. You know, our, our, he, to your point, he's done a lot of RKOs out of nowhere. One of my favorites in recent memory, not going way too back, just sticking with recent memory, is when he showed up uh, after being off for a long time and gave Brock an RKO out of nowhere. I think it was on SmackDown. And remember, he went up into the crowd and was celebrating with the fans at the top of the stairs. It was fucking crazy. Remember that? I do, I do remember that. Yeah, it was he. Uh, it was Brock was not expected. Brock was, that was not bananas. expecting that. That's for sure. No, none of us were right. And then soon after that, I think one, you know, maybe the next very next SmackDown, possibly Randy Orton had been off for a long time. Maybe I'm guessing now six to nine month stretch. 
came back. Our, no one knew he was coming. RKO out of nowhere on Brock goes up into the crowd celebrating, and to the credit of the fans in there, they had a good vibe. And you know, our, he he hit the he hit the Randy Orton up there. It was fucking bananas. And then I think it was the very next week that Brock he gets overzealous. We all know this. And then, you know, he slammed Randy Orton or got on top and whatever, ended up punching him in the head, cut him open, and then Randy Orton was off again for X amount of weeks, I think possibly months. Remember that? And Brock Brock caught a lot of heat for that. Because he got a little he got a little bit too overzealous and here's Randy just back after a long hiatus and Randy's a legend. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he he did get he got a lot of there was a lot of controversy for that because of how that went around and how they handled that for sure. And, uh, but no, that was a wicked RKO though from out of nowhere, just randomly. He just shows up and does it. It was awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then after they win, you know, Randy, I I love the fact that Randy has love for, for riddle. It's genuine love. It's genuine love and appreciation. You can see it. You can see him talking to Riddle. You can see the appreciation. Randy, despite the fact that he's defying all odds and turning back the clock and cheating the hands of time, you know, turning back the hands of time is that, uh, and cheating father time, I should say, is that, you know, it's still miraculous that he's able to perform at this level and get this kind of reception from the fan base at his age. And you can feel that he appreciates that. And Riddle has has given him new life, and I love the fact that he continues to show him love week in and week out. If you really, really feel love and respect and appreciation for something someone has done for you or a moment that you're sharing with them, you're never going to stop thanking them for for it. And and that's what he did. And then, of course, we had Street Profits who were always – who were always – uh, respectful in defeat. I can't remember. It's getting late. It's, it's a normal saying. I can't remember what it's saying. Some graceful in defeat. I can't remember. If anyone knows in the comments, throw it in there. Uh, we got a lot of people talking nonsensical foolishness, but it's all good. Uh, you do you. And then uh, we appreciate all the love for anyone tuning in to talk that talk. The official live fan reaction call in show before and after every Raw, SmackDown, and pay per view. But uh, drinks all around, and then of course you got Gable being introduced, and then uh, Chad smacked a drink out of his hands. You got Olympic, you know, uh, Olympic athletes going head to head, and this is what we're going to see. So the only thing I don't like about that, I'm not here for Gable. I, I don't feel, I don't feel he's got what they think he's got. What was Chad Gable's previous tag team partner's name? What was his name? The guy who they were tagged to Tucker. Right. And you know, he was he was an excellent wrestler and then he pulled the straps off the tights and went crazy. But he didn't have it. He was missing something. Je ne sais quoi didn't have it. And Absolutely. and Chad Gable, I felt the same about Chad Gable. He didn't have it either. Somehow, some way, this is the difference. Chad Gable went back to the drawing board time and time again. Right? Like Chad Gable he gives us two things. What does he give us, Darren? Uh, thank you. Shush. Shush. <laughs> he gives us those two things. Not to mention he's tightening up his wrestling skills, working with Otis, but literally those two things have completely fucking turned this guy's career around a 180. Right or wrong? No, oh, absolutely. Right? Well, yeah. And if it was that easy, it seems easy. It seems simplistic. If it was that easy, everyone would fucking do it. 
Why didn't this tag team partner do it? Why didn't Chad Gable do it when he was with his tag team partner? It comes when it comes. You got to put in the work. You got to look yourself in the mirror, figure it out. He has figured it out. I don't think that Gable's going to do it. Not interested. And on top of this, what does this mean for Alpha Academy? Right? Like, you know, I, I, I don't think Alpha Academy is going far. Let's put it that way. And I think, I think if it is, you know, Steveson versus Chad Gable at some point down the road, I think, you know, you're still going to have Otis there with him. I don't think they're breaking them up as far as like, I can't, you don't, I don't see that happening, but I wouldn't put it past WWE to do it because they do it randomly. But, you know, you, you're going to end up having no tag teams if you keep breaking people up like that. So I don't think this is going to be the end of Alpha Academy, no matter what. Oh, okay. I misunderstood you. I thought you said at the beginning. So I thought you said at the beginning that it was like I don't think Alpha Academy's going. Oh, I see what you're saying. You said I don't think Alpha Academy's going anywhere, meaning that they're here to stay, not that they're not going anywhere, meaning that they're not on the rise. You think they're on the rise, and that this is just a blip on the radar. This nonsense with Gable. Okay, cool. That's correct. So uh, I agree with you, and um, yeah, you know. So I, I enjoyed it. I, I like. I like. I really. I love Street Profits. And I love the mutual respect, but you know, some some at some point in time we got to get into it. As far as the street profits need the belts, and uh, anyway, it was a good match. I enjoyed it, and I wasn't upset that RK Bro retained the belts. I wanted street profits to win, but you know, how can you not like RK Bro? And then drinks afterward all around. And there you go. Exactly. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next match of the night, which is Omos versus Bobby Lashley. And you know what? Surprisingly enough, I was shocked that uh, MVP did not, um, you know, accompany him down to the ring. Uh, Bobby Lashley, that is. I was kind of shocked. I was expecting, you know, MVP to be at ringside like he always is, and uh, he never came tonight. So I was kind of, uh, it, was, it was interesting to see that. But, um, you know, yet again, um, you know, Bob, don't get me wrong. Bobby Lashley is, is a strong guy. He's a big guy, but at the same time, he's not the size of Omos. And, um, I understand that Bobby did beat him. He did get him, you know, good enough to, to take him down and all that. But I, I, I still think that, you know, WWE needs to find somebody the size of Omos because at this point, Omos has no competition. Bobby Lashley gave him somewhat of a good competition, a good fight tonight. But at the same time, it's still not what we're looking for. You know, we've said this, you know, for a while now that Braun Strowman would have been the best option. We know Braun's no longer in WWE. But you need somebody like that to give this guy competition. Because other than, other than, say, Bobby Lashley, who's really out there for this guy to fight that's actually going to be able to do anything to him? I, I can't put anybody in mind that would do something like this for her to to Omos. There's nobody out there for that. And uh, now to the match, I, it was okay. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, you know, Bobby Lashley did take him down, but Omos took him around and threw him around for a bit too. You know, um, he he did he did knock Lashley down with a clothesline. You know, um. He he got Lashley down a few times, but then but Lashley overall succeeded and uh, and got him and took him down and it was fine. But I I still don't think this is the right kind of guy for 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 Omos and they need somebody bigger. 
Yeah, we agree. I mean, we've called for someone uh, same same stature as Omos to compete with. So, however, I did say on the pre-show that uh, I think I predicted Lashley was going to win, and that uh, you know he's been off a long time. If he's back, he's going to be fully healthy. And if he's fully healthy, he's extremely strong, extremely talented. And even someone as big as Omos, we have seen, you know, the likes of uh, a smaller guy overcoming a bigger guy in the past. And Omos, what, you know, what he gains in size, he lacks in quote-unquote wrestling ability. So I wasn't surprised at the result here. Um, I was impressed with Bobby Lashley. To your point, I was most impressed with the fact that he did it solo. Right, he didn't need any help or any assistance, and I was shocked by that. Actually, same way you were, and pleasantly surprised, if you will. And you know, almost started off. He was abusing Ashley, uh, Lashley early. Lashley showed some strength, uh, broke the hold, uh, a little defiant slap, boot to the head. Uh, we had attempted hurt lock to no avail. Uh, almost was, you know tossing Lashley around like a drag doll from time to time. But then they called it a suplex. I mean, that was, you know, that was reminiscent of a snap suplex. You could even go back British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith style. That looked like a snap suplex on a 400-pound man. I mean, it didn't, it, like, uh, it, it wasn't with the explosion that you would normally see a normal snap suplex, but a snap enough against a 400-pound man. And then, of course, you know, he speared him from behind to the kidneys and speared him to the front, one, two, three. And, you know, uh, he was impressive. After a long layoff, he's strong, he's healthy. It was an impressive victory. And, uh, you know, exactly what we thought, Darren. I mean, we didn't think that this was going to be a memorable men- uh, match, the end of it, and one for the ages. Uh, but it uh, it did put Lashley immediately back in the mix, I feel. And for Omos, to me, you know, from what we know of everything that is WWE, uh, I don't I don't think there's a future for him in the ring. I, I think he needs to fall back into the managerial role. I've kind of alluded to that in the beginning. And then, you know, they got Damian Priest now. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. We'll get into it matched up with AJ Styles or whatever's going on there. Uh, Commander Aziz is nowhere to be found. Like, if they're not going to have an opportunity for all these guys, and we got heavyweight we got heavyweight titles. We don't even have heavyweight titles now. We got a unified belt. We got less belts. And these guys are even super heavyweight. So there's nowhere to go for all these guys. Fall back into a managerial role. That's what I see from Omos or hook up with a tag team and uh, onward and upward for Bobby Lashley. All right, we're moving on. And now, oh God. We're moving on to Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn's match. Anything goes. And I'll be honest with you, Shane. This match was fucking terrible. I did not enjoy any moment of this match. I was, I was, I was more, I was even more upset the fact that Johnny Knoxville actually won this match. Never mind all the nonsense that went into this. Like all the stupid props that they had, the gigantic hand, that that weird foot thing, that leg thing that gave. You know, uh, Sami Zayn, the low blow, all the nonsense. I had no time for this match. I thought this was the stupidest thing in the world. And if I, and then you had Buddy come out with his ass cheeks half hanging out. 
you had the little guy come out that got kicked in the face. I, I, I had no time for this match. I thought this was utterly stupid. And, uh, you know, to anybody that was in the back, I, I really feel bad for you if you didn't have a WrestleMania match be- because of this stupidness. Because this was terrible, and I really hope I don't have to ever see that again. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I want to go back to, sorry, I forgot to give a shout out. There was a guy in the front row or somewhere in the front there at the tag team match there with the Sheiky Baby sign. Got to give a shout out to the signs. Got to bring the signs back. Follow off the hook at the signal is busy, and uh, we're doing the hashtag for uh, share your sign during every Raw SmackDown and pay-per-view. Got to give a shout to the signs. I have, listen, uh, to each his own. To me, you know, you got to take a hard look in the mirror if you find uh, Johnny Come Lately, this goofy motherfucker. If you find this type of guy fucking humorous or, or whatever this guy does for a living, uh, great for him. Hats off. You make your money, man. You're not hurting anyone. Uh, I don't get it. Lost on me. I said this from the beginning is that this match was beneath the WWE. It's beneath Sami Zayn. Uh, I have no time for this. It's not even nonsensical foolishness. It's just fucking stupid. It, it, it's it's low IQ, foolish behavior. And, you know, you really got to be operating at a low frequency to find this stuff entertaining, in my opinion. So, again, to each his own, to, to each her own. And, uh, you know, people, the crowd was going nuts, man. Uh, they were loving it. But, I mean, you know... Uh, Jerry the King Lawler said that he's seen every minute of of Jackass. I haven't seen one minute of it. So, you know, for better or for worse, uh, you know, we're on two different ends of the spectrum. You know, whatever, and you choose, that's great, but uh, not my cup of tea. I said this all along. There's nothing. I didn't even get a kick out of any of it, meaning that, okay, like, you know, I'll give it to him. It was this. No, I'm not here for it. Uh, they said, that, like, I don't know any of these people, the Jackass crew. And this is Pat McAfee, right? You got to see Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee for who, who he really is. Now, he fucking tore the roof off that motherfucker tonight. And I, I can't put Pat McAfee on a higher pedestal as far as wrestling and the WWE is concerned. I've said that from day one, and he's up there and i'll continue to catapult him and show him love because i think he's awesome love him in there outside of that like he this is this is his crew you know the jackass guys it was all total just again not my cup of tea and then to boot sammy Zayn loses moving the fuck on Thank you. I uh, I couldn't agree more to move on because that was terrible. And like you, I've not seen a single second of Jackass, and I will never watch it because it's fucking terrible looking. Uh, anyways, we're moving on to the uh, Fatal 4-Way uh, uh, Women's Tag Team Championship match. And I had, uh, I had sent you a message, and... Uh, with that, with this, with the beginning of this, and uh, Sasha Banks came riding tonight into uh, WrestleMania. I love the car. Gotta love how Naomi got in there with her for a little drive. That was probably the best entrance of all nights, of all, of both nights, was this entrance with her driving that car in there. I absolutely loved it. 
Um, and I'm so happy that, uh, you know, the boss and Naomi are our women's tag team champions. Um, but you know, we can't, we can't go away without saying, you know, the others gave it their best and it was a great match. I highly enjoyed it. And, uh, Good on Sasha Banks for sure. Yeah. Um, sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. So, wasn't the best entrance for me tonight. Uh, wasn't my number one entrance. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it because I did. I think that uh, the bar. I think we both would have to agree the bar has been set so low for WWE entrances this weekend. It really is shameful. It's the worst. It's the worst collection of entrances in WrestleMania history, bar none. And I would love for someone to challenge that. There's no question about that. However, anything is welcome. And the legit boss, she is just that. And her rolling in in the Lambo, and the Naomi getting it was a Lambo, right? I think it was a Lamborghini. Yeah, I'm not a car guy for anyone. You know, I don't have a drive. Never had a driver's license in my entire life. I stay on the streets where the people are at, because off the hook is the platform for the people. Because the power has always been and will always be in the passion of the people. Cars are for suckers and punks, and punks and suckers. I stay on the TTC. So I did enjoy it, though. <laughs> All that being said, I'm calling for Stone Cold vehicle entrances. I'm showing love to Sasha Banks, the Yellow Lambo. So, uh, so take that for what you will. But uh, I loved it too, Darren. I did. So I'll take anything. I really enjoyed it. Sasha Banks was really feeling the moment. Naomi was feeling the moment. It's a great partnership. It's a great relationship. The entrance was awesome. Her music is awesome. The ring entrance was great. Loved both of their outfits. They're both phenomenal wrestlers. They're both hard workers. Both put in their blood, sweat, and tears. And, you know, Naomi's been there a lot longer than Sasha Banks. And Sasha Banks is a new generation. But what I love is that, you know, there's an overlap there. Naomi's been doing it a lot longer and putting in work. But that doesn't discount, like, you can't blame Sasha Banks for arriving when she arrived. But she also puts in work. And the fact that they're together and they, you know, they, they got the straps. I was really, really happy for them. They thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, Sasha Banks, the legit boss, has been at the top of the mountain several times, right? I was like, so I'm always happy for her, and she's a leader. And uh, I think I was even more happy, even though Sasha Banks is my number one, I was even more happy for Naomi because, you know, she's, she deserves as much as much of a spotlight as anyone who hasn't got it, if that makes sense, is that she's been doing it a long time and she's very talented and she just hasn't found the right, I don't know, she just hasn't fell into the right pocket, but she's a fantastic wrestler, right? Absolutely. She is She is a fantastic wrestler and like you said, like we've said before, you know, she... You know she's gotta she's gotta get her own ways here, and she's gotta you know she's gotta start attacking people. She's gotta get a bit meaner, if if you could say it that way, and get herself into those title shots that she deserves because she should be she should be up there with the title shots and getting her chances. And it's a shame that she hasn't recently, but I think uh, I think she's gonna get there soon enough. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a great this is a great situation for her. You know, it really is. So, I mean, you know, this, I, I wanted to see, like, you know, I got a little crazy. I wanted to see Sasha Banks do a dumb is turn and uh, take out Naomi. Not that I don't love Naomi, because I do. Um, but uh, this is a great opportunity for Naomi. And and I I said who did I say earlier about, or I said about uh, Becky Lynch the other day about reinventing herself several times which is you know to her credit but you can also overstep and I, and I feel like Naomi has reinvented herself too many times and I know that you know she settled in to feel the glow but even you know it, it might be lost on some people but this is what we do here on Talk That Talk we delve into every single detail and you know we shoot from the hip and we speak from our heart and that uh, Naomi even the outfit changes you know it, it, she hasn't given anyone something the WWE universe something to gravitate to consistently. You need to give consistency with your presentation, your your merchandise, your shirts, your outfits, your sayings, your your behavior. You need to give consistency, and she hasn't found that. So I just wanted to quickly go through this match, though. But again, Corey, you know, show him love when he deserves love, and uh, when he deserves uh, uh, when he deserves you know shots fired, he deserves shots fired. Corey Graves, I need, I fucking need. I need, want, no, I need Byron Saxton versus Corey Graves. These guys, we've talked about this last night. Ironically enough, uh, you pulled up the stats, which we appreciate. Darren, dangerous Darren Davis is always coming with the stats. And, you know, uh, Corey Graves had, uh, I believe if I remember correctly, and I'm sure I do, Corey Graves is 1-23. and 23. With 24 matches, and Byron was six and uh, no, one and Byron, 22 and six and 16. Six and 16, 22, right? 22 and 23, right? And uh, and they both, well, Corey, certainly we've heard rumblings, he wants to get back in the mix despite the neck injury, like you know, that you know, as far as we know, he could actually do that, but uh. I want to see a match. Corey Graves again went too far. He went too far many times last night. I'm not going to go through the whole gamut. If you didn't hear Talk That Talk live last night, and for anyone listening, we're always live in the green room uh, before and after every Raw SmackDown pay-per-view. But if you miss it, uh, Off the Hook is on Spotify, and everything's cataloged, and you can listen back. It's there from now until the end of time. Corey Graves talking about Byron Saxon, you're the type of guy that goes to the prom with your sister? This is what this fucking guy said to Byron? And Byron actually took a pause there. It was an awkward pause. Jimmy Smith said something weird. It was awkward. Like, come on, motherfucker. Like, you're getting out of control. Pardon my language, but, I mean, you know, there's lines. And then it was too much for me. It was. It really was too much for me, and it, like that sat with me the whole match. And then Byron took a subtle shot at Carmella, a respectful one, like a, a wrestling shot, right? Um, and but Byron needs to smack the shit out of Corey Graves. He's twice his size, and I don't know if he's twice his size. But he certainly got fucking at least at least fifty pounds on him. And if they were really to go at it, Byron would beat the shit out of Corey Graves. Corey, I'm fucking done with this guy. I don't know. I, I gotta I hold back. I don't know if I'm done with him, but I'm approaching. 
this weekend really turned me off of this guy. I've always said that, you know, he, he was too disrespectful to Byron. He went overboard. He doesn't understand the nuances like he thinks he does. And uh, he oversteps. And Byron's been doing it a long time. Byron's not going anywhere. And then this whole, you know, him and Carmella, it's it's just all too much for me. Speaking of Carmella, Darren, are, are we sick of these these stupid masks that Carmella is wearing? How dumb is this? This is a top ten dumbest things in the WWE history. How dumb is this? Oh, it, I listen. I hate these masks. Like I, I had uh, my wife walk by the tonight while watching it, and she's like. Why she got a face mask on? Like my wife thought she was doing beauty shit while she was wrestling, and I'm like, it's honestly not. She wears them all the time. Like it is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and I don't know why they keep making her put those stupid things on. It's the worst thing in the world. I don't know what she thinks she's getting out of wearing those masks, but they really need to cut that out because it, it's fucking ridiculous. It is. It's painful. It's painful to look at. It makes no sense. You know, I, I, like I, I was rolling with Carmella. Mella is money. I was rolling with her since she's gone with the masks and everything else. And then the Corey Graves situation, it's all gone to shit. Hell in a handbasket for me. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Jimmy Smith, like I said, you know, useless. Need him to go and need a woman on the desk as there should be on each show. However, he did throw out there, and uh, I have to, you know me, I'm the only one, just in case for anyone listening, I'm the only one in the history of the world with a global degree in psychological warfare, just in case you were wondering. And I'm telling you right now, Jimmy Smith, who doesn't say much, and, and, and when he does say something, it is very, very run-of-the-mill. Uh, I believe, I could be misquoting, but I don't think I am, when we had... Uh, frog splash sasha onto carmella then uh you know took took her took its toll right it was it was a big shot uh jimmy smith said a little less loving for Corey graves on his honeymoon did you catch that Uh, i did catch that yes for sure and to me you know although i don't like people going down these roads but to me that was in defense of byron saxton that's what i took from that Right. It, it was a it was I don't I'm not here for the one up one upmanship, because if you want to get one up, let's go outside and fucking bang it the fuck out. Like so. And I know it's wrestling and I know we're on the desk and I know you're commentating. So there's there's a respectful way to banter. And Corey Graves has completely lost his. I don't even think he knew the way. And, and if he ever did, he lost it anyway. So and, and new, thankfully, and. This match, we'll go back to the rankings and what have you, but there was a lot going on there. I, like, I'm interested when we circle back for everyone listening. This is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show, often imitated, never duplicated. We're here before and after every Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-view. And then to follow all the comings and goings, live hashtags throughout these shows and sharing your WWE sign because we're bringing back the signs. We brought back the signs. Follow off the hook on Twitter at the signal is busy is that uh, when we're finished, we're going to do a quick rundown of, you know, uh, Darren's going to give us the list of matches and we'll rank them out of 10. Now I don't want to be here until three o'clock in the morning, like la- or two two fifteen like last night. And I don't want to rush either, but uh, I'm going to let us, let you usher us through continue to keep us moving here not a problem so now we're moving on to the 
Edge versus AJ Styles match. And I, I'm not a fan of Edge whatsoever. Um, I'm really not. But you know what? I, I did enjoy this match. I, I did. You know, it went back and forth. There was some good moments to it for sure. Um, with all of it, you know, they both, they both tried different stuff. You know, and of course, in the end, Edge did come out victorious uh, with a little help of of Damian Priest there standing outside wherever the fuck he came from. That was that was really odd where he came from. But at the same time, I am curious to see where that goes. Edge and, and Damian Priest, I am curious to see where this goes. They look like this could be a duo. I don't know what kind of duo they're going to be or where they're going to take this. But it does look like they're they're they walked out together. And they look like there there's something going to happen between those two or with those two. So I'm curious to see where that goes. But I did enjoy the match. I thought it was quite entertaining to watch. Like I said, it did go back and forth. They each tried their own little thing. You know, there was a spear in there. There was the phenomenal forearm, of course. Um, you know, he did get a springboard for 50 onto edge as well. To the back of edge, which we thought, I thought it was over then too. And it wasn't. Um, you know, so different things happened and it just, you know, it sucked for AJ Styles in the sense that he did get a little distracted by, by Damien Priest and that's where it all came to an halting end for him. And, uh, I, but I don't, uh, I think, I don't think this rivalry is over for sure. Shane, your thoughts? Sorry, the mute button was stuck there for a second. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't looking forward to this match to begin with. I'm not an Edge fan. I wasn't an Edge. I wasn't an Edge fan as Prime. I'm not an Edge fan today. We know they're both great wrestlers. They performed in the ring as we thought they would, so they delivered from that aspect. Shout out to uh, AJ Styles and the DMX entrance. Uh, always love. AJ's music. This is when you sent me the message about Rock's mom being in the building that I didn't see, and. Um, so that's kind of what I was thinking about in during that match. Then we had the Styles Clash, and two, no emotional attachment for me at all throughout this entire match. I have no vested interest in either one of these guys. Damian Priest showing up, totally I'm not there for it at all. AJ distracted, and then, you know, I guess to your point is that if, if we're going to see what's-his-face stick around, so... You know, Damian Priest and Edge, they're a tag team now, I guess, right? That's what we're thats what we're expecting? Well, it seems like there's something going to happen for sure there because, you know, the way they, they walked out together out of the ring, you know, with their hands up and all that, they why would el- why else would Damian Priest be there unless Damian Priest is going to turn on him or Edge is going to turn on Damian Priest? Like, those are the only other options, right? Or they're going to become some kind of duo or tag team or something like that, and they're going to wreck, well, they look like they're ready to wreck havoc. Yeah, so if that's what's going to happen, then that, I think to me that gives us a, that lets us know what's going to happen with Omos, right? Then Omos and AJ will reunite, right? And then we'll see that. That makes sense. Well, it could, but I don't know if 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 like if that's the case, or if we're just going to have you know Edge and AJ Styles at it once again, you know, at this WrestleMania backlash. I have a feeling that's where it's going to happen. Um, and you never know. Damien Priest could just get involved. I don't know if they're going to go as far as to bring Omos back with AJ Styles. Um, it could happen, but I don't know if, it, if, if that's where they're planning to go. 
yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. But uh, Edge, you know, piss off already. Just enough already. Enough. And then AJ Styles, even though I got love for him, like, you know, again, give us more belts. Give us more belts. Give us more belts. The Intercontinental belt on each brand. Uh, If we're having the U.S. title on one brand, give us a world title on the other brand. Keep the heavyweight titles on both brands. Raw and SmackDown. Give us a unified title. If not, what are we doing with all these guys and girls? And then on top of that, you know, really make NXT stop fooling around. Make it an even brand. Market it as such. And then give us the same, uh, give us the same run of belts there as well. So, I mean, what are we doing here? Otherwise, we're just fooling around over and over and over again. So anyway, I don't have much more to say about that match. Could have did without it. Wanted to do without it. Hope that I forget it sooner than later. Exactly. Uh, I'm not looking forward to Edge anymore. I'm hoping he's done for. But we'll see what happens. So then we go on. And uh, we we get Mike Rome in the ring announcing that tonight's attendance was 78,453. So uh, all of a 554 uh, people difference as of last night was 77,899. Yeah, I mean, this might seem silly, but I have to say it. I, I felt like or I thought he said 77. And then it was, uh, sorry, and the screen said 78. I felt like he said it wrong. Not for nothing. I'll just throw that out there. I had to say it because I thought I heard it. I could have misheard it, but that's what I thought I heard. For whatever reason, I had to say that. All right, no problem. Um, so, Mr. Shane, I am going to ask you to take us through this Kofi Kingston, the, the New Day versus Sheamus and Rich Holland. It was a fast match. I stepped away for two seconds, and it was over before I even got back. So, I can't comment on this match because I have no idea what the fuck happened because, as I said, it was over in a minute and 40 seconds. So if you would, kind sir, please uh, talk to me about this. Well, ironically enough, ironically enough, I was in and out during this match as well. But I will say this. So, uh, again, disappointed. We were expecting a huge entrance, which we didn't get. Right, I was. We didn't get a new day entrance, and it, it was exactly what we thought it was going to be as an afterthought. Since since whatever transpired on day one, well, oh, just going back to AJ Styles for a second. Uh, sorry, I forgot about this. When he came out, like the guy was bleeding when he came out, right? And they commented on it. What was that all about? Oh, yes, I I forgot to mention. I don't know, and uh, I heard uh, somebody who was it, Corey Graves, somebody that said that. Uh, they were going to try and get more details, but no one, no one ever got us details onto why he was randomly bleeding from the side of his face. Yeah. And I bring that up because we both missed it. Like, well, not that we missed it, but we forgot to mention it because then, you know, what the heck's going on backstage at WrestleMania? AJ Styles comes out bleeding. Uh, the new day and, and Seamus and Rich Holland didn't come out last night. Did something go on there last night? Like is all hell breaking loose in the back. Anyway, uh, didn't get the New Day entrance that we wanted. Had no use for this match at all other than the New Day entrance, which we didn't get. And then uh, Kofi started off with Trouble in Paradise to begin with. And we thought it was going to be over before it even started, right? Didn't turn out that way. And then, like I said, I was in and out. But, you know, uh, Sheamus and the crew won this match, right? 
Yes, uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland did win the match. Yes. How the fuck does that happen? So like, I don't know. Like you know, the New Day goes from the be all to end all t- uh, tag team uh, on an unprecedented run to now you know just losing to miscellaneous tag teams slapped together. Anyway, we got to move on from this because this once they didn't give it the just do last night and they didn't even promote this really on the kickoff show. They threw it in there, but not really. Like this was just all a mess. If I was everyone involved in this, I would be disgusted, and if I was a New Day, I would be even be more disgusted because of who they are in the WWE. They're WWE royalty, and then this was just all slapped together. It's just, it it was not a good look. It had a bad feel from the beginning. I could have done without this as well. I will say this, is that we had our likes and dislikes from day one, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong on your end, but from my end, I didn't have any day one matches that I would say uh, I could do without it or I wish it didn't happen. There were a few matches tonight that I'm like, like I could live my whole life and not see this match, and I would have been good. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, last night I was all for everything that was happening last night. Uh, so far, I can name two that I, I I could do without for forever, and that was this current one that we're talking about, and Johnny Knoxville and his gang of goofs against Sami Zayn and all their weird props that they use. That was two of those I could deal without, and if I never see them again, I'll be quite happy. Yeah, nails on it. Na- Johnny Knoxville nails on a fucking chalkboard, and then for this one, the New Day versus Sheamus and you know miscellaneous punks in tow, disrespectful to the New Day, and just they, they shouldn't. Why even bother? Exactly, exactly. I I don't understand. So we're moving on. We're going to Pat McAfee, and uh, you know what? We all thought this guy was only in the ring for one match. This guy ended up getting two, um, but we got our wish. We got we got the chairman and Mr. Vince McMahon. We got him out there tonight, which was always great to see with his fantabulous walk down the ramp. Got to love that. Um, so we're going to start with, of course, the first match of Pat McAfee's WrestleMania night, which was against Austin Theory, which I don't have any time for Austin Theory one bit. Um, You know what? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Pat McAfee did do a very good job. I was very impressed with him. Uh, Austin Theory threw in some good moments there as well, for sure. Um, But Pat was all over it, and Pat knew what he wanted to do and what he had to do. So kudos to Pat McAfee on this match for sure. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot to say about this match. This was my sleeper match. I mean, I said this many times leading in. I said this weeks ago leading into WrestleMania, and I've repeated it numerous times. I didn't say it was going to be the best match of all of WrestleMania, but I said it was going to be a sleeper match and certainly one of the best matches and one that we would remember for a long time. And I believe I was right in saying that. I mean, and then some of it was just completely uh, unbeknownst to all of us, but just for Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, I thought it was going to be, you know, I don't know if I was going as far as to say epic, but I thought it was going to be a, a very good match. It turns out to be, wow. I mean, I don't know if it's one for the ages. I guess time will tell. But I mean, hold on a second here. We didn't. We wanted Vince. We thought we were going to get Vince introducing Seth Seth's opponent day one. Didn't get him. Then we were. Then you and I and we had Brian on talk that talk uh, the other day, giving us getting our juices flowing, giving us his prediction, saying that 
you know, perhaps The Undertaker was going to be the opponent. So we thought maybe Vince was going to uh, announce The Undertaker and then come out and announce Cody Rhodes. Vince doesn't show up at all. This is how much, I mean, we all know that Austin Theory, in theory and in reality, is Vince's boy. But this is another level, right? Like he came out and introduced him. How great is to hear? No chance. No chance in hell. How great is it to hear the music, see the ring walk, and then you could see the adoration for the WWE Universe in Vince's eyes when he's walking the ramp looking at the fans. You know what I mean? You could really see it. Um, so that was phenomenal. Lo and be- little did we know we were just getting started, Darren. Right? Like when we saw Vince come down, you know, you tell me your thoughts. Uh, were you excited to see Vince do the ring well, walk? Of course, you. How can you not be excited for him to do the ring walk? Um, but like I said, but like, we, like you said, we, none of us expected what went down once Vince got there. Uh, I, 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 like, if anybody had said that, you know, Stone Cold was coming back again tonight, uh, I, he shocked the fuck out of me tonight for coming back again because I wasn't expecting him there again tonight. As much as it was nice to see him again, uh, I, I thought he was booked night one, and that was the end of him. And that's he was gone and rode off into the sunset, and that was the end of it. So uh, I was quite happy, and it was a nice surprise to have him there again tonight. Yeah, I mean, so we exactly. We saw Vince do the ring walk. We saw the walk, the billion-dollar walk that Conor McGregor, that uh, silly son of a bitch, stole from Vince trying to perpetrate the fraud like it's his own. There's only one Vince McMahon. And, you know, he does the ring walk. It was fantastic. Introduces Austin Theory. Okay, here we go. And then Pat McAfee, to his credit, I mean, we we spoke about it. I spoke about it on the pre-show. We saw the promo package. It's a lifelong dream. He's been putting in the work since he was a child. We have all the footage, or he has all the footage to prove it. You know, after a lifelong career in the NFL, well, I don't know, lifelong. He retired early at 29, played in the Super Bowl. And then this guy is a total goof outside of wrestling. However... Inside of wrestling, he is a A1 star. On the desk, this is somebody who does walk the line properly, although he said he made a couple comments tonight out of character for him that I didn't appreciate. I can't, I don't know, I made notes, but I don't know if I'll, uh, I'll find them tonight. But he usually understands, I've compared him to Jesse the Body Ventura, not saying he is, I'm just saying I've compared him to where if you're playing that role, you're not quote-unquote a full-on heel, you're, you know, you're the yin to the yang. you got to understand that there's a way to poke the bear and there's a way to express yourself, but you have to be that person. So first of all, if that's not who you are, it's never going to resonate. And you have, so you have to believe in yourself and believe who you are and then you have to do your research but you also have to have an understanding of how to go back and forth without being over the top or too insulting and pat mcafee for the most part has that down from the little bit that we've seen him i know he's saying like his praise is high but from little that we've seen him because really he's relatively new um he said a couple things that rubbed me the wrong way tonight point being though he's gone from that his entrance was one of the best entrances of wrestlemania not the best, but one of. He's in Dallas, Jerry Jones' stadium, the house that Jerry built, the Dallas Cowboys, 
whether you love him or hate him, the center of attention of the NFL. He brings the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders out for a second time. You know, obviously Jerry Jones is loving that. Obviously, regardless of people coming in from all over the world, you know, there's a lot of people from the local area at WrestleMania. And then he has them walk him to the ring, which was great. But also, you know, he he gets it, man. Like, especially it was a lackluster crowd all weekend. But, you know, he gives them the, oh, 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 oh. He knows. Give the crowd something to latch on to. They got behind it. And then we saw pay dividends later on in the in the match. So we got him in early. And then he came out and, you know, He's an athlete. We knew that. He had the he had the ball. He's a kicker, former kicker in the NFL. You know, gave us the punt into the crowd. Like I said, brought the cheerleaders in there, and then Vince is looking on there with a with a look of disgust. But he came out guns blazing, Darren. You know, like he was dishing out a beating early. Had uh, Austin Theory outside the ring, smacked him on the table. I said on the pre-show on Talk That Talk that he'd probably reciprocate the drink in the face, and he did. And then how? Gr- okay. Let's take a pause for the cause here. You got to show some love, Darren. How great was Pat McAfee to put the headset on and do commentary while he's smacking Austin Theory around and banging his face off the table with Michael Cole in tow and Vince McMahon watching? Oh, that, how great was that? That was that was fantastic. I absolutely love that. Uh, and and kudos to him for doing that. But and uh, you know what? I think even Michael Cole enjoyed that just as much as. Exactly. <laughs> so I think Michael Cole, that's I think what he said. He's one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Like Michael Cole, you just met this fucking guy. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? But uh, yes, you're right. Michael Cole was into it. And then then we really saw we talk about, you know, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny blew all non quote unquote wrestlers out of the water at WrestleMania out of the water. No Undertaker endorsed him. And then I threw a question out there on Twitter at the signal is busy, which is off the hook. Why is the signal busy? Because we're always off the motherfucking hook is that I threw it out there. Did Logan Paul dethrone bad bunny? I don't think he did, but people it's out there. So how about Pat McAfee? I know he's, I know that you, you know, mentioned on the pre-show that he did wrestle in NXT and he is a wrestler per se, but you know, he's also so far removed. Is he really like, do we consider him a celebrity? Do we consider him a non-wrestler? I don't know. He's probably in between, but uh, like I put him in that same vein. And then for him, Darren, when he got in there off of that, you know, commentating and smacking Austin theories, face off the desk then he brings him back in the ring right and then i'm just going through i'm going from memory a little bit and then going through my notes is that when he got in there he went on the top rope and then he had the crowd the crowd again oh oh oh, oh. and then he does the backflip off the top rope bailing out of the move just the fact he did the backflip off and landed it then the guy jumps back up on the top rope, and then he does the suplex off the top rope to Austin Theory. Just that segment alone was super impressive, don't you think? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I was not expecting any of that from Pat McAfee tonight, but he, he was, like I said, he was on a roll tonight, and he, he came out guns blazing tonight. 
Um, he had had enough of Austin Theory and his nonsense, and he wasn't caring if Vince McMahon was standing there or not. He was out to beat Austin Theory tonight. He accomplished that, and like I said, he didn't give a shit if Vince was there. He didn't care where Vince was was at that point when he started that match. He was all for it, and he was ready to take uh, Austin Theory to town. Yeah, and I mean, and, and he was well prepared. He was well prepared from the the minutest of details, uh, the most minute of details, I should say, as far as you know how. Not saying the entrance is a minute detail, but the point is, is that he had it orchestrated as far as how he wanted to get the crowd behind him and singing throughout the match, and he laid the groundwork, and then he put in the work, executed the moves, and you know it was total chaos for me, and then. So, uh, arguably, not saying it was, but at that stage, it was arguably one of, if not the best match of WrestleMania. Not saying it was, but the point was, is I think everyone has to admit, you know, everyone was kind of riding the wave. It really swept everybody up. And then, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. Then we have Vince McMahon teasing that he's coming in. Well, Pat McAfee initiated it, calling Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's 187 years old, so Pat McAfee looked kind of like a douche. Then uh, calling Vin- you're calling Vince McMahon in the ring, like, how does that make sense? You're 34 years old. Vince McMahon's in his late 70s, like, bit disrespectful. I don't care how legendary Vince McMahon is. To Vince's credit, uh, you know, I showed him a little, you know, playful. All right, let me take my coat off, and then we thought that was it. And then Vince said, "Fuck it." You know, back in the day, Vince was in Sports Illustrated admitting that he was juiced up and he made everyone else get juiced up to compete in the 80s. Vince is about that life. We all know this. And then he takes everything off and he's got the black, he's got the black undershirt on. He was ready. Not the black hat. He wasn't wearing the black hat. He was wearing the black undershirt. He's jacked as you just got. How old is, how old is Vince, Darren? 78? I will, I will get for you just. Please, like he's a couple years removed from 80, right? Uh, he's got to be. So, you know, here he's jacked. No gut, ripped. No, the arms are jacked, obviously, but, I mean, there's no gut. There's no body fat. The guy is ready to roll. He jumps in there. He is, um, he is 76 years old. 76. So, you know, he gets in there, and then, of course, to his credit, Austin Theory does his part. You know, gets Pat McAfee from behind. Then Vince is laying off, laying off the clotheslines. Vince is doing the swagger walk. You know, crowd is still. Although the crowd was, you know, exponentially better than last night, they still didn't give the appropriate. There was no. The crowd didn't seem organized. As silly as that may sound, when you have a w a true WWE crowd in attendance. You know, the unsaid rule is that everyone knows what to say and when to say it. And if they don't, there's a big enough contingent in the crowd to lead the way. It just seemed like a bunch of lost puppies in there tonight and last night. A little bit more organized tonight than last night, but which seems strange because you would think anyone that's going to WrestleMania, like this day one and day two foolishness, you're buying the weekend package. It's all very strange to me. But regardless, there was a buzz and then, you know, when he's yelling in Pat's face and slamming him into the buckle. And I mean, you know, this is my, these were iconic moments. And, um, when, 
Vince took to, when Austin Theory brought the football, and, and instead of Vince, you know, playfully alluded to the fact that he was going to punt it into the crowd, didn't, and punted it into Pat McAfee's face, pinned him one, two, three. You know, it was, uh, I fucking loved it, man. I loved it. It was fucking amazing. You know, I got to say, now, you know, I'm kind of outside looking in now, not to nitpick, but, you know, then, you know, Vince kind of botched. You know, when we heard the music a little bit, it was Austin Theory's music, and Vince gave the shocked face. You saw that? Like, it, it, he did, yes. I did see the, the shocked face. Preemptively, yes. right? Like, he got it wrong. And then, yep. you know, Stone Cold's music hit, and then he got it right. So, I'm nitpicking, but we got to call it like we see it. And then uh, Byron Saxton, great call by Byron Saxton. It's 1999 all over again. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I really thought about, I've never been to WrestleMania. I really thought about this is the one. But because it was on the heels of COVID and everything else, didn't know how it was all going to shake out. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit. You know, my buddy from the office and his son is there. Like, whoever went to this WrestleMania, again, I repeat, I repeat, they got to see The Undertaker three times. The gong went off three fucking times. You got to see Stone Cold twice, Glass Smashing twice, epic match the first night. And then we'll get into what just happened tonight. You got to see Triple H in his entrance. You got to see living legend Randy Orton. You got to see Roman Reigns. You got to see Brock Lesnar. I mean, Jesus Christ! You got your money's worth, and then you should be paying. You should be paying double. I mean, you got to admit, Darren. Anyone who went there, they were all going there in the hopes. We didn't know the Undertaker was getting to. The most people who bought tickets to this show, it was in Dallas, Texas. It was WrestleMania. The bulk of people who bought WrestleMania tickets were prior to Stone Cold being announced. And prior to The Undertaker being announced Hall of Fame, certainly no one knew that, unfortunately, Triple H was going to have health problems. So the point was, was that everyone assumed that, you know, maybe we're going to see one last hurrah for Triple H because it was in Texas. But if you bought tickets to that WrestleMania with the one hope, well, you were hoping to see a great WrestleMania, but you were just going to see WrestleMania with the hope that you see Stone Cold, and you got all of that... Like you are, you're gonna live in shock forever, right? You, you you just in complete shock that you got all of that in one weekend. Absolutely, yeah. You weren't expecting. I don't think anybody was expecting half of that to be all in one weekend. And uh, you know what? If you were there, good good on you for being there because uh, that was one hell of an event to be at for two nights with all that going on for sure. Yeah, and then you know, so just going through that match, then. Once Stone Cold came out, you know, the be-all to end-all. There's iconic moments you go all the way back, but we'll just stick to this moment now. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon in a WWE ring. Kudos to Austin Theory for selling the stunner like a motherfucker. Get him out of there, getting stomped out. And then Vince and Stone Cold one more time. And I'm confident in saying the last time, hopefully they both live long lives, but I'm pretty sure this was the last time we will ever see Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon in the WWE ring in that capacity. And then with the beers and then Vince falling for it one more time. And God bless Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's not about, uh, we're talking real life here. It's not about a botch or this and that. Vince McMahon, let's see all of us 
God willing, we all live to Vince McMahon's age. Let's 76, you said he was? Let's all of us look ourselves in the mirror in 76 and see where we're at. Yeah. You know, we, like get on our hands and knees and thank God if where we're at is stumbling away from and maybe quote unquote botching a stunner and Stone Cold had to reel him in to finish the stunner off. God willing that we're that, you know, healthy to be able to be in that moment. And Stone Cold, to his credit, he's smiling and not in a mocking way and soaking it up. And this is life, man. This is good. This is life. We're in Dallas, Texas. I'm just grateful I could get a hold of that old son of a bitch before he, he, you know, he fell down and got him in the stunner. It was a beautiful thing. I loved every second. Anyone who's online dogging that or saying it was botched, shame on you. It's life. It was a beautiful thing. Beers all around. Stone Cold one more time. Who would have thought it? Michael Cole, great call. Dirtiest son of a bitch in the game. And then he had a walk-by, poured the beer on a walk-by over uh, your boy. So I I totally skipped over that. Pat McAfee. Jesus, Darren. What kind of night did Pat McAfee have? Pat McAfee commentating. Then coming out, slapping Vince's guy around. Then having a million different moments with that match. Then turning around and having the crowd singing his song. Then turning around and commentating on his own match. Then getting called in by Stone Cold. Beers with Stone Cold. Then getting stunned by Stone Cold. That's a badge of honor. And then the Stone Cold with the walk-by, if you will, drink, drink, uh, beer drinking and, and pouring over Pat McAfee. Like, just, you know, I sound chaotic now. It was just pure and utter, complete chaos, Darren. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It was, it was, uh, if you, like, if you're, if people are here listening and not knowing what the fuck happened, like, they're like, what the hell is this guy going on about? Like, this sounds nuts. It was nuts. It was chaotic. Like, this is... He just doesn't sound nuts. I can tell you that much right now. It was chaotic for sure. Yeah, I mean, I loved every single second of it. I I ate it all up. I soaked it all up. I'm going to watch it again. I'm just... uh, I want to relive it many, many times. Pat McAfee, I said... uh, I'm so happy that he delivered. I said that he was going to deliver. And and I'm happy he did. I said this was going to be a sleeper match. I'm happy it was. Uh, I just couldn't get enough of it. It didn't go too long. It wasn't too short. It didn't give enough. It didn't give too little. It was just absolutely perfect. I loved it. I loved this fucking match. And again, we saw Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin in a WWE ring at WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. Stone Cold, his second night in a row we saw him, stunning Vince McMahon. What else do you want? Yeah, it it was pretty insane. I must ask you this, though. Uh, I know last night you stood the whole time. Did you do that again tonight? I have, and uh, you know me, if anything else, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not dishonest. No, I did not. So tonight, 
I'm getting old, man. Like I said, last night we did talk that talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show before and after every Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-view. We kicked it off last night. The kickoff show for WrestleMania last night, day one, was at 6 o'clock. 6 to 8, WrestleMania started at 8. We kicked off our show at 6 with a watch-along, if you will, for the first hour with the kickoff show. And I was sitting for that. As soon as 7 o'clock hit and we ended, I stood from that point in time, like, I swear to God, four feet in front of the TV, not that that's healthy, until midnight, until it was over, until we started to talk that talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show afterward, the post-show. And I had the belt right next to me, the real belt, the WWE championship belt. Tonight little bit different tonight we did our show an hour leading up right into the beginning of wrestlemania i was sitting and then when wrestlemania started i stood and as being perfectly honest uh during the women's tag team match i had to leave uh i I had to leave i had to go do something unexpectedly and so i but i didn't not watch i watched on the phone so you know off that hook is broadcast downtown toronto so i'm walking downtown toronto watching on the phone i had to run an errand after i came back then i was like let me sit down just <laughs> let me sit down take it easy for a second it's all a bit too much for me so then from that point forward i sat down so but <laughs> but thank you for checking in on me i appreciate that <laughs> Right, yeah. If I stood the whole time again now, I'm not Vince McMahon. Like, I wish I was. Is that if I stood the whole time again tonight, I might be seeking medical attention. (laughs) Eat Snickers. Snickers. (laughs) Definitely eat Snickers. And like I said, it's that you and I, we ever run into Roman Reigns in the bloodline, that's going to be a great point by you. Snickers commercial played out in real life. Uh, Like, you know. I don't know, man. Forgive me in advance. I might have to let the boys know what you're saying about them, and then all bets are off. I'll be in the back watching. Ask the table. <laughs> um, all right, we, we're getting late. We got to keep going. Uh, we've got one. I'm gonna. I'm letting you do this one. Uh, I'm giving you the final say on the main event of this night. I'm not impressed with this. I have no more comments towards this match. So, it is, of course the Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match. Um, Do you have any last thing you would like to say about this before we go into our ratings? Um, I have nothing else to say about this. I am not happy about this. Mr. Shane, please. Thank you, kind sir. First, you know, as we wrap up here, it's one fifty, So I think we're going to have to have a hard stop at two. Agreed? Yeah. And so we still have 20 people. Uh, joining us for Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show before and after every Raw, SmackDown, and WWE pay-per-view. Uh, I think it's safe to assume, we, as I'm looking at some familiar faces in here, for the 20 people that have maintained uh, in the room, uh, certainly we'd love to hear from everyone. The phone lines are always open. And uh, so please request to speak we'd love to hear from everybody but we appreciate everyone for the most part i think the majority of people have uh, been here the whole show so i think it's safe to assume that you enjoy what we're saying we bring it through every moment and uh if you don't want to speak then certainly weigh in on the comments we're monitoring the comments 
Darren's man in the comments as well. And uh, we'd love to interact there. Follow off the hook on Twitter at the signal is busy if you want to. If you don't want to, don't. Uh, the reason being is that we'll let you know when we're live here. We'll let you know when we have any special editions throughout the week. And then every single Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-view, we got the hashtag going to share your sign. Make your sign while you're watching the show. Shoot out a video or a picture. Tag us. We'll retweet it. Repost it on Instagram, whatever you want. So, all that being said, you know, this was a great match. This was a great match. I loved every second of it. If I'm being, I know I started off the show, and this is why we like to start off the show with the final match, because you're getting pure, unadulterated uh, reactions, is that, you know, now that I've sort of talked myself through the night, if I'm being honest, not that I wasn't at the beginning, you know, I my number one thing I said pre-show was that I didn't want to see, you know, Spear, Superman Punch, F5, Suplex City, repeat, downtime, reversals, missed the spear, missed the F5, missed the Superman punch, one, two, three, we're done. I didn't want to see that. I said if I saw that, then it would have fallen short because that's what we've seen historically. Truth be told, if I'm being honest, hand to God, that's kind of what we did see. So... um. So I have to stick by what I said originally is that, you know, it's not catapulting anybody. It really isn't. It was a missed opportunity. If I'm being perfectly honest, it was a missed opportunity to put yourself into a completely different stratosphere. I love Roman Reigns. That is my fucking Roman Reigns is the man, the be all to end all. Got nothing but love for Roman. I don't tolerate any Roman Reigns hate, even though anyone can say whatever they want. I'm just saying is that in my heart, Roman Reigns is the guy. So, however, he has been on, you know, I would say mediocre, mediocre uh, rise, but certainly, like, you know, he's catapulted himself. This was a chance for him to launch himself into another fucking atmosphere. By pulling out all the stops, high, uh, f- hot, fast-paced, action-packed, high-flying. I cited Roman Reigns over the top rope uh, last night, speaking about Drew McIntyre when he did it. You know, going back to the days when Roman Reigns used to do it, he really could have put on that show to catapult him to another atmosphere. Grab the mic afterward and, and really catapulted himself he did not do that he maintained his status and i was impressed and i thoroughly enjoyed it but he did not do that i will give you that so that's my final thoughts on that match i was completely satisfied although there was definitely room for improvement now we have six minutes left for dangerous darren davis to bring us through the matches. We'll give it a ranking out of 10. In the comments, if you don't want to speak, if you want to speak, please let us know. We'll bring you in. Uh, love to hear everyone take everyone's calls. Give your ranking out of 10 and your reason for it. If not, your ranking's in the comments. If you just want to listen, great. And then uh, I'll weigh in with mine as well. Club or Shang. Bang, bang. Take it away. Please, kind sir. All right. Here we go. 
First match, the Raw Tag Team Titles, RK Bro versus Street Profits Bro. versus uh, Alpha Academy. I am giving. I'm starting off strong. I'm giving this match a ten out of ten. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. So that is my ratings for that. Yourself, sir. Wow, you gave that match a ten out of ten. I did. I can't give it a ten out of ten. Uh, I'm going with a nine. I, if I recall, was this a little bit shorter than we would have liked, or no? You're you're looking at uh, eleven and a half minutes. So it was decent length. I don't know something about it. I'm giving it a nine. I'm not giving it a ten. I'm giving it a nine. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm going with a nine. But I don't hate on the ten either. And uh, it, it was I was completely satisfied. But all right. Uh, Omos versus Bobby Lashley. I'm giving a four. Um, it was, it was good. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't anything to compare to, uh, to a lot of stuff. This, this, this was another match I could have done without for sure tonight. Um, like I said, Omos needs something better and, uh, WWE needs to figure that out. So yeah, I'm giving this match a four. I can't go below a five. I mean, I'm going to roll with a five and, uh, I'm going to go with a five because I can't go any lower than that. I mean, they're in there. They're pouring out their heart and soul. Bobby Lashley gave us a snap suplex. He got the win, defied all odds, coming back after a long layoff and, you know, exemplified strength as as we knew he would and didn't require any assistance from MVP. Uh, so uh, I'm going with a five. I'm with you is that uh, could have done without it here, here, here today, gone tomorrow, but uh, they did what they had to do. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. I would love to give this about a minus a trillion, but uh, I'm not going to, but I am going to give it a one. I, I I don't have any time for this. It was stupid. Well, you know, the, again, this is where I thought you were too harsh on the previous one. Now this one, this one, ironically enough, I think you're too lenient. I'm giving it a fucking solid zero. Total nonsense. When I say not my cup of tea, not my cup of tea, not my cup of coffee, not my fucking cup of anything. Johnny Knoxville is a fucking loser with a fucking resounding capital L. This sense of humor is for the weak-minded and feeble-minded. Total nonsensical foolishness. Sami Zayn was reduced. I was pissed that Sami Zayn was reduced to having to deal with this nonsense, but taking away in my own mind that at least he's going to put on a wrestling you know, display and slap him around. Instead, this was a jackass promo. For anyone who watches this stuff, you are a jackass. All right. All right. Not a problem. Then we're going to go into uh, the triple, well, the fatal four-way, sorry, with uh, for the women's tag team titles. Uh, Queen Zelina and Carmella against Char- uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi against Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan against Shayna Baszler and Natalia. I am giving this match a nine. I thought it was very good, quickly entertaining, and I enjoyed it. And uh, of course, the boss has a belt once again. I enjoyed it as well. It uh, keep in mind too that I might be a little bit. Um... 
removed from the situation because although, you know, Legit Boss, Legit Boss is number one in my heart as well, uh, as she is for you. However, this was the match I told you that I had to leave, so I watched this match on the phone. I did watch it, but I was watching on the phone. Uh, but even still, it um, I was satisfied with the result. And uh, like Sasha Banks' entrance, happy for Sasha and Naomi. Uh, the right women won. But, uh, you know, I'm not – tomorrow, I will not be replaying this match in my mind. Uh, however, it was a great match. I'm giving it an 8. All right. Not a problem. Not a problem. Um, we're moving on to the uh, – where were we? To the Edge versus AJ Styles match. As much as I don't like Edge and I never want to see him again, uh, this match I'm giving an 8. Um, it was good. It was back and forth. But uh, yet again, it, it's Edge. And, uh, you know, it is what it is for that. So are you giving this match what? Really? Uh, Edge and AJ? Yeah. Uh, I'm going six. Yeah. I'm going, you know, five would be, you know, it is what it is. You know, obviously they delivered in the ring. So a lot of people would think that was low. Actually, you know what? I stand corrected. I'm giving it a seven. I, I, need, I can't be that disrespectful. Is that, you know, they poured their heart and soul into it. It was a lot of great wrestling in the ring, as we expected. And, you know, ironically enough, uh, Edge is a WWE legend, even though I'm not a fan. He knows the ins and outs of WrestleMania entrances, and he gave his half-assed effort with his entrance. You kind of felt like he was aiming for it, missed the mark completely. But... Uh, I guess, you know, an A for effort, uh, an E for effort, I should say. But uh, the in-ring wrestling was was worthy, uh, obviously. So I'm going to go with seven because, you know, I'll never remember this match. But, uh, you know, they're both fantastic wrestlers. We give it a seven. All right. I didn't see this match. I can't give it a rating. So you saw bits of it. So what you see of it, you tell me what you rate this match of. The New Day versus Sheamus. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but I'm going to have you give it a five. You know, any match to me that, uh, you know, you're in, WrestleMania, you're, you're in WrestleMania, you're at WrestleMania, you're in a WrestleMania match, and you're doing your thing, I can never give you below a five. Unless you're Johnny Knoxville and fuck off somewhere, I give you a zero. So, um, under normal circumstances, I give you a five. I give this a five, and I'm I'm embarrassed to give the new day a five because new day rocks. New day rocks. I mean, I miss those days. I really do. Uh, I don't say that tongue in cheek. I really do miss it, and uh, I feel horrible even giving them a five. But it, it, they were in and out here today, gone tomorrow. It was a rescheduled match. We were left in the dark. We didn't know what was going on on the other side of the new day. You know, Sheamus and miscellaneous and, and, and new day lost on top of it. Five. I just, they shouldn't, they should have just left. All right. Uh, and then we've got Pat McAfee versus Austin theory. I'm giving this match. Uh, I'm going to go an 8.5. Uh, Pat McAfee did it all he could. He gave it all his best. Um, I enjoyed it, but uh, that's as high as it goes for me in this one. Oh, this is straight 10 out of 10. This match I'll be talking about for forever. 
for years to come. For as long as I'm alive, I'll be talking. This will be a WrestleMania match that I will be talking about forever. It gave me everything I wanted. Pat McAfee delivered in spades, but it wasn't so much about Pat McAfee. It was about, you know, he he delivered the moment, which was this was really all about Vince McMahon and his boy, and then Pat McAfee, someone on the desk with Michael Cole. Michael Cole was even involved, and Michael Cole's a legend. And then that's why Pat McAfee got on the mic, uh, or put the headset on, because Michael Cole was part of this storyline, and Pat McAfee's role as a commentator was part of this storyline, and he was well prepared. He delivered. He had the crowd singing. This was the most hyped the crowd, one of the most hyped the crowd that was for the entire WrestleMania, and the only time dare i say for more than half a second that the crowd was unified the crowd they gave us a little this is awesome tonight for the first time but this was the most sustained unified chanting from the crowd of all nights and all matches for wrestlemania and that was all due to pat mcafee laying the foundation and we got stone cold out here because Stone Cold and Vince McMahon, and then Stone Cold Stun and Vince McMahon was part of this match, so straight 10 out of 10 for me. All right, and then, uh, and then of course, it comes down to the final match. Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar, and uh, I'm going with a 9. I'm going with a 9, and that's as high as I'll take it with that. Um, it, it, it missed something. It lacked stuff for me, too on all of this and uh and of course you know you're getting rid of a championship with all of this so that uh that also is a is a bad call for me as well on that so that's my rating for that one i am impressed that you gave it a nine i will say that that tells me again that i know that you're honest and you're a straight shooter and i know how you feel about both of them and you know you've repeated it many times the fact that you gave it a nine when it was pretty much a straightforward match and it and it didn't over deliver. It, you know, it, it might have under delivered, but you know, it it delivered slash under delivered. If we were really nitpicking, and the fact that you gave it a nine, I appreciate that because it shows the respect that you have for both of them and what they put forth. I'm going to give them a nine point two five. I believe that. Um, it, it's not a ten. It's not, and and. Are we going to be talking about this match 10 years from now? Like, this is, this is, you know, people might not agree with this. And Roman Reigns, you know, I'm right or die, do or die for Roman Reigns. But, uh, you know, 10 years from now, we'll be talking about Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin. We'll be talking about that match more than we'll be talking about Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. I believe that. And uh, so I go 9.25 because, you know, it, it did unify the titles, even though I'm against that. And, you know, huge superstars involved. On that note, it's 206. Overall, Darren, WrestleMania, day one and day two, holistically, let's get your ranking out of 10 for WrestleMania. I'll give you mine, and then we're out of here. Agreed. I think that's a solid nice. score. It wasn't a 10 out of 10. WrestleMania, uh, again, WrestleMania is WrestleMania. We're just happy to be a part of it. And this is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show before and after every Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-view. The, uh, you know, 
this is our first WrestleMania together. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. Appreciate everyone for joining in. Appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate everyone calling in. Always phone lines are open. Call in. Again, the show is provided by Off the Hook, the platform for the people. The power has always been and will always be in the passion of the people. We want to hear everyone's thoughts. We don't want to hear everyone calling in. If you don't want to call in, put Wade in the comments. Final words, Darren, and then I'll sing us off and we're out of here. We start anew tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I enjoyed WrestleMania for the most part. Um, we, we start again till next year for WrestleMania. Here we go. It's going to be a fun ride. Exactly. Love to see it come. Sad to see it go. We shall see you tomorrow night. Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is always total chaos. For everyone that joined us this evening and throughout the weekend, appreciate the love. Hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you didn't, come back and hate us again. We'll still love you in the morning. And don't ever forget, keep on talking in the free world.